0: Oh, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh blood upsets in the month of March. The 12-5 stunners, the 11-over-6 buzzer beaters. But most of the time, what do you get for that? A dash of I told you so at the water cooler. Oh, look at my bracket. I nailed that one. Great. Wouldn't you rather get paid instead? At mybookie.ag, you can and you will. The 12-5 upset when betting with mybookie is a take your girl out to stake. Winner, winner, winner. And right now, when you sign up for an account, MyBookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus. Here, just have 50% more. Why not? Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at MyBookie.ag to activate. We're all going to be in office pools, and that's fine. Nobody's going to get the perfect bracket. We know that. But you can make a killing at tournament time by seeing the big mistake coming and pouncing. So let's go people, MyBookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus. Use promo code ZABE to activate the offer. You play, you win, you get paid. Only at MyBookie.ag. Today on the Cast, you've got me and a bracket. Do you need anything more? It's a rough draft. Real rough. In fact, don't hold me to it. And I've got some wacky ideas on a couple of upsets that have no bearing at all on how much I've watched these teams because I haven't. But guess what? It might actually be better than some of the pundits all the bracket racket plus the real story behind the song bonus 1% me is locked and loaded so buckle up and let's go <laughs> here we go come on and watch some basketball you watch it all day long come on and watch some basketball till you're pushy oh my god happy monday march 18 2019 one of the most glorious days on the sports calendar year the monday after the selection show for march madness welcome to the Zabe cast thank you for downloading and thank you for subscribing on friday's I'm down here in the five-hour Energy Dome where I've just watched all of Bracketology with the ESPN experts and pundits, and I've got notes on that. I have watched as well the CBS selection show, which, hey, what a great show that was. They got right into the brackets. No fluff, no dribbling through the legs, no bullshinery, just good old-fashioned Get to the brackets. Perfect. See? And I have noticed all the things now. I was keeping a list of all the member wins. And remember the pod system? They would just take a whole regional and they would export that regional to a different part of the country to sell more tickets. Remember when regions were actually not named? The D- the East, the West, the South, and the Midwest? They were named after the cities that would host the regionals. Remember when you had to fill in your own bracket hastily as you watched on television because there was no internet to be able to print out a bracket. I'm sure you've printed out a bracket by now. Every website: ESPN.com, SI.com, CBSSports.com, FoxSports.com. Oh, wait a minute. They don't have a bracket. They pivoted to video. I love it. I love it. I love it. Of course, the Gargantu Bracket will be coming out on Monday, hopefully by noon. Our man Brad Turner is feverishly on the case, putting it together. It is the one bracket that has everything. It's just funny. Every year I print out almost a bracket, a printable bracket from every major website. And every one of them has something missing that you go, Wait a minute. The fuck? Like this Sports Illustrated bracket that I did my notes on, it's got a fair amount of things. It does have the records of each team, so there's that. It does have the cities of the sub regionals. Actually, no, it, it just has the regional sites. It does not even have the sub oh no, it does. Uh nope, hold that, hold that thought. Hold this just in. It does not have the sub regional sites. Even worse, in the middle, you know, where the two teams play each other for the champion and they got the little box for the champion, you write it in there. Spoiler alert, I'm taking the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Oh, no! Poor Deb Wagner is smacking her forehead with her palm right now saying, you're, you're giving me the Maloika. That's her team. This is the Zags fucking year. Let's do this, people. Come on now. How hard can it be? I mean, please. I should point out to you that technically you could be cited for swearing at us like that. Actually, no. No, it's my podcast. I cannot be cited for swearing, and I will not be cited for swearing. Thank you. By the way, a couple more sound bites here on the podcast because of my iPad that I set up. Much better iPad with a soundboard application, which they tease you in with oh, you want to use the teaser, the free version? Yeah, it's free. Go ahead. Then I load 24 sound bites in. They go, ah, that's enough. You want more sound bites? Yes, I do. That'll cost you. It's like some asshole I know that has a podcast that only goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for free. And then. He fucking charges you. I should point out to you that technically you could be cited for swearing at us like that. Anyway, this guy's program is $38.95. A little steep. $9.99, buddy. You would have had me. I would have bought it already. little steep. And don't say it's complicated software. It's not. It's just buttons on an iPad that play sounds. There's a million of these out there. That said, where was I? Oh. Yeah, so I'm looking here on this bracket I printed out from SI.com. Where's the final four? Where's the final four? Where is the final four this year? Oh, Minnesota. (laughs) I love Minnesota. I love Minneapolis. I love Paul Charchian and the good people up there. But let me tell you, going to be a lot of snow still on the ground in Minneapolis in a month. Ain't going anywhere. They had a lot of snow this year, and it's going to take quite – a while for it to finally totally melt but how can they not put that on the bracket well don't worry the gargantuan bracket will have it all including the words to the song you love I did tweet these out come on and watch some basketball I won't sing the rest of it because I sing terribly you'll watch it all day long come on and watch till your bullshit is done Come on, I watch some basketball. It's got it all. Tournament menace. Throwing a few parlays. Gambling and fun. I actually got several different versions of the song here. And I've got a story behind the song, which is not, which is the real story behind the song, not my fake story, which is the so-called lost lyrics by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, USC class of 56. By the way, Herb Alpert's still alive, still making music. He's 83 years old. I even think he's going on tour. I think, don't you, we should get him on the show and talk about music. He probably doesn't know much about basketball. Maybe he does. And I can joke with him that I made up a story that he invented the lyrics to come on and watch some basketball or the CBS March Madness theme. The real creator of these lyrics is one Bram Weinstein, who used to be on our station in D.C., used to be on ESPN. He's doing a variety of projects now. And I heard Bram one night, after my show was over at 7 he was doing the night shift and he somebody call, either somebody called him and asked does that song have lyrics and bram who can be as silly as i can be if not more so started riffing and he was the one that first said yeah i think it's like come on and watch some basketball cuz that's what fit those eight notes and i immediately chortled milk through my nose wasn't even drinking milk but it, it was that funny. And then I quickly stole said idea and ran with it. Now, I did give Bram credit. I gave him full credit both personally and publicly in subsequent interviews. He honestly, he said he doesn't even remember it. But I remember it as clear as day. I remember where I was. I was driving down Rockville Pike. I'm on my way home. E-E-F-G-C-A-G-G. E-E-F-G-C-A-G-G. Story from the New York Times, dated March 30th, 2017, so recently, just two years ago. Eight notes that have meant NCAA tournament for a quarter of a century. Written by Zach Sean Brune. The original version of this song, is by a composer by the name of Bob Christensen. And in 1992, when he was asked to submit samples for a new theme song for CBS's coverage of the tournament, Christensen said, said he did what he usually does, which is to pace his small basement studio. Pace and pace and pace and think and think and think and come up with something. The hummable pattern, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, is now familiar to almost anyone even remotely near a TV in March, goes the story. The ubiquity of CBS's telecast, now broadcast in combination with Turner Sports, and the popularity of the NCAA tournament have made its theme song one of the most recognizable and enduring in sports TV history. CBS has no plans to stop. Now, here's the original, and I'll play you the updated version as well. The original... I like the original a little more because it's got a little more grit to it, you know? Ah. You don't sing that part. That's just the prelude horns. Here we go. ramping up. Come on and watch some basketball. You'll watch it all day long. It's hard to hit those notes, the little staccato notes. All day long. It's also hard to pick it up as it ramps up. Okay, I digress. Let's continue. Come on. Come. Hey, this software is not working. Why would I buy this thing if it's not going to work? Okay, here we go. I'll let it play this time. Throwin' a few parlays, gambling is fun. Got a little guitar solo here in the middle. By the way, the staccato drum beat you hear early on has a little taste of thumping basketball. Can you hear it? That'd be a key change, everybody. A minute and six seconds of perfection. Since then, they have modernized it. And according to Christensen, it's only 7% new. That's what he says 7% new. Here is the modern version. <laughs> I sort of like that echo call, that secondary little ditty there, little earworm, that little hook in there. Certainly louder, or not louder, it's more full. It's more orchestral. They're both so good. I love them both so much. This obviously is kind of looped and repeated for bump backs, highlight packages, thanking their corporate champions. Do you know the difference between a corporate champion and a presenting corporate champions? Oh, yeah, a corporate champion and a corporate partner. All right, shush, shush, shush. Ah, yes. A corporate champion is different than a corporate partner because there's like a line they showed on the screen there's four corporate champions they I'm sure pay the most and get the most exposure and then there's a bunch of other smaller corporate entities era we have major corporations sponsoring this event hey man don't you think the players should get paid for some of this no hell no you don't know any of these fucking players you know Zion Williamson And you know R.J. Barrett. You know a couple of the guys. You know Ja Morant for uh, Murray State. Going to take on Marcus Howard and Marquette. That's going to be one of the great early games. You may know some of the North Carolina players, Cam Johnson and Luke May and Kobe White because he's got the big tuft of hair. And you may know P.J. Washington from Kentucky. Other than that, you don't know any of these players. They don't deserve shit. They're interns. They're interns for a major company and there'll be a whole new batch of them next year and a whole new batch the next year. They are there to intern and they got a great deal. Don't want to hear about this paying the players. Look at all the money they're making. Yes, they are. And it's supporting girls soccer teams from coast to coast. Enough of that. So a little bit more from this story. Oh, and then there's another version I found. I would love to get as many Full versions of the come on and watch some basketball song as possible because here is some Squidward sitting in front of his piano on YouTube. Oh, wait a minute, that's not the one. Here we go. All right, so this what I'm about to play is the theme song to CBS March Madness. Uh, in honor of March Madness. I figured I'd perform the uh, theme song. Yeah, yeah, we got that. Start playing, Nerdlinger. Yes. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, I think he kind of lost a bit of the melody there. his interpretation of it is all right better than you can do baldy yeah i'm well aware of that you don't need to taunt me with that all right, all right and then he goes to an extended version of we don't hear, need to hear the rest of that what I was looking for, and if somebody has it, send it my way, and I'll make sure to post it and redistribute it. I wanted the, the app you download for your phone, the official March Madness app. When you set notifications, I believe the notic- notification chime is a little chime version of the eight notes that I've forgotten the letters already. C C G A C G A G something G something like that. Hold on a second. I'd write this down. I should write it on my hand. E E F G C A G G. E E F G C A G G. Break me off a piece of that. What's that again? It's an office reference. Never mind. So the the notification sound effect. Is a little mini version of. And I wanted to get that sound bite because I wanted to set it as my text notification for the month of March. Couldn't find it. If you have it, send it my way. Ooh, speaking of bonus audio, do you know that if you are listening to this podcast via the Zabecast app, which you should absolutely download, free at the iTunes store and Google Play. Search for Zabecast, you'll see it. I can now add secondary bonus pieces of audio to each episode. And all you have to do is when you go into it, and I'm on my phone right now, so you you go into Zabecast, and there's a little icon underneath the episode in which you'll see a little present icon, like a birthday present. You know what that is? Click on it. It's bonus stuff. I can apparently attach a picture. Hey man, you can do porn. No, I'm not going to do that. Find porn on your own time. Or And I can also post secondary audio. And so I've decided I'm going to start putting these little Easter eggs in there. That's why you should get the uh, Zabecast app. I'll put the notification alert. Or if you want to make your own, E-E-F-G-C-A-G-G, with whatever instrument you might have, mandolin, stand-up harp, tuba, clarinet, piccolo, tin flute, marimba, xylophone. You just going to sit here and name instruments? Eh, no, I think I'm done now. When are you going to get to the bracket? I'm going to get to the bracket. One more thing from this story. New York Post, New York Times, 2017. What makes the theme sound unique, however, is actually a small incongruity in the tune's harmonic structure. Instead of being based on a normal scale of C, the chords conform to F major. It's a technique also used in the famous give-me-a-break jingle for Kit-Kat bars. See, I brought it all home. Break me off a piece of that Kit-Kat bar. It also in, it contains a sizable, intervallic leap from the C to the A, which is uncommon in melodies. Such orally pleasant viola- v- violations of expectations. It's so wrong, but it's so right. Along with the simplicity and repetition of the theme are what creates what some call an earworm. The melody burrows into your head and can stick there for days, often leaving only a single recourse You have to listen again. Exactly what CBS wants. Said one expert, it's a diminutive masterpiece of auditory branding genius. Speaking of earworms, you know, I close this month with the song Super Cool from the Lego Movie 2. And that song is an earworm. That'll get into your head and you won't be able to not hear it. There's another one from that movie, if you don't have kids, didn't see it, Lego Movie 2, called The Catchy Song. And in the song, they sing, this song's going to get stuck inside your head. And I won't sing it, even though it is in my head right now, (laughs) because it's so funny how, yeah, that's, uh, that's stuck in my head now. Thank you very much for that, Lego Movie creators, you bastards. Matthew... Mihalka, a musicologist, an an ethnomusicologist at the University of Arkansas, first of all, didn't know there was such a thing as a musicologist, but if there is, then there certainly must be an ethnomusicologist who studies the connections between music and sports, said the jingle produces a sonic marker in the minds of many fans, viscerally transplanting them back to a happy or upsetting moment in their lives. The modern version was arranged by Trevor Rabin, a former guitarist for Yes, who also composed the theme for the NBA on TNT broadcasts, but Christensen, who still receives 85% of the writer's royalties on the song, said only 7% of the new version was actually new. The remainder is, as he wrote it, using a Lin 9000 keyboard in his basement, albeit infused with more sound from a live orchestra, Lynn L I N N nine thousand. That's the same spelling as my buddy Scott. I'm gonna have to ask him. It's your dad, or your grandpappy. Did he go ahead and do that? Did he make a, Did he make a synthesizer back in the day? All right, twenty-two minutes into the damn save cast. Better get to the brackets, which I will right now. Oh, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh blood. Upsets in the month of March. The 125 stunners, the eleven over six buzzer beaters. But most of the time, what do you get for that? A dash of I told you so at the water cooler. Oh, look at my bracket. I nailed that one. Great. Wouldn't you rather get paid instead? At mybookie.ag. You can and you will. The 125 upset when betting with my bookie is a take your girl out to steak dinner winner winner. And right now, when you sign up for an account, MyBookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus. Here, just have 50% more. Why not? Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at MyBookie.ag to activate. We're all going to be in office pools, and that's fine. Nobody's going to get the perfect bracket. We know that. But you can make a killing at tournament time by seeing the big mistake coming and pouncing. So let's go, people. MyBookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus. Use promo code ZABE to activate the offer. You play, you win, you get paid. Only at MyBookie.ag. All right, let's start at the end, which is where everyone starts with the brackets. I've got Gonzaga winning it all against North Carolina. Final four, Duke, Gonzaga, Tennessee, North Carolina. This is all subject to change. This is a first blush jot down a bunch of notes, scribble stuff out, change your mind. Just a first look bracket. Let's start with the seating and let's start with who was in and who was out. I actually, I meant to tweet this. Oh, big news. I took Twitter and Instagram off my phone this weekend. I I did it Saturday and I feel great. I don't stare into my phone all day now. I didn't delete my accounts. I Still going to have my accounts, but this is a good thing. I'll I'll talk more about it later in the week and who inspired me to do it. So I took pictures of some good graphics that the CBS show had. Last four in were Belmont, Temple, Arizona State, and St. John's. The last first four out included, but were not limited to, UNC Greensboro, Alabama, TCU, and Indiana. Oh, by the way, Indiana has now missed the tournament six – of the last 10 years. If you don't think this is tearing up and pissing off Hoosier Nation, you have no idea. Because it is. Talk to my boy Ronnie Thomas about that. I should get him on the uh, podcast here this week and just have him go off on the state of Indiana basketball. But I digress. You know who else is not in the tournament? I was just sort of taking some notes. Like, whatever happened to... Well, I know Georgetown. Patrick Ewing now coaching there. They... They got some talent, but they're still a work in progress. UConn is not in. They haven't been the same since old Dimeback Calhoun retired. UCLA just fired Steve Alford. They're completely lost and off into the weeds. Arizona is rebounding from losing the number one pick of the draft and that Sean Miller scandal, which I guess he's staying. is still not gone yet. Maybe he'll survive it. Uh UNLV uh, put them in there because they won a title once upon a time, but they'll never be what they were under Tarkanian. That was a total product of the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Cinderella's George Mason, Butler, Florida Gulf Coast, Dunk City, College of Charleston, all of them not appearing in the tournament. Multiple bids by conference. Big Ten got eight. ACC and SEC got seven. Big 12 got six. American Athletic Conference 4, Big East 4, Pac-12 3, Mountain West 2, West Coast 2, Ohio Valley 2 and Atlantic 10 2. The so-called Power 5, four of the top 5 got the most bids. They're also the lar- I don't know if they're the largest conferences. They're all pretty big these days, but Power 5 is going to Power 5. Pac-12 just sucked this year, so they got 3 and they should just shut up and like it. Other graphic was, oh, I'm sorry, did I say Power Six conferences? They list Power Six. Oh, they include the Big East. I'm looking at the next graphic here on my phone. They include the Big East as a Power Six in basketball. Football, there's a Power Five. Okay. So Power Six conferences, uh, the non-Power Six conference at-large bids, going back to 2014, this year there were seven Seven bids from the non-power six. Dick Vitale claimed only two of the 36 at-large bids went to so-called little guys. I don't know what he defines as little guys, but the actual number of non-power six is seven bids. Vitale said two. The seven is actually, a, a, a I think, a healthy improvement again over last year. Last year, there was five. The year before that, there was four and so there's like a, a dip where in 2014 there was 10 non power six conference at large bids. They started to dial that down steadily in the following years. It went from 10 to 7 to 6 to 4. Two years ago, it's on the back, it's on the way back up five last year, seven this year, which I applaud. There was not too many egregious mediocre major. Inclusions in the bracket this year. At least, not that I thought. Also, another graphic, I'll make sure to tweet this out. They listed the uh, all time records since they expanded to 64 teams or 68 uh, of seeds 1 versus 16, 2, 15, 3, 14, blah, blah, blah. blah. As you can imagine, 1 versus 16 used to be a perfect 1000% certainty, but last year, UVA fixed that stat. Uh, if not UVA, UMBC fixed it. 135 and 1 are 16 seeds over 1 seeds, and boy, oh boy, or, one, or vice versa. 135 and 1 are 1 seeds over 16s, and I don't think anybody sees a vulnerable number one this year checking, checking. Can you imagine if Virginia loses the Gardner web? My poor sister Ann Maria went to Virginia all she wants is a championship, she would just be ready to jump into traffic. That can't happen. That better not happen. North Carolina losing to Iona? I don't think so. So the big clunker in the bracket was Michigan State. Michigan State should not have been put with Duke. But the committee's explanation, or at least the new guy, Bernard Muir, who is the AD at Stanford? Went to Brown, played basketball at Brown, been the AD at Georgetown. I forget where else he was before this. He uh, he said, "Well, you know, we 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 want to put teams as close as possible to their regions." As Bill has pointed out on ESPN, I bet Michigan State would say, um, "We'd rather go on a plane for an extra hour than to be in Duke's." bracket. Michigan State was supposedly the best of the twos, and arguably a one, so why put them in the same bracket as the one-slash-one? Makes no sense. Auburn might be a little bit under as a five-seed given how they went through the SEC conference tournament and knocked off Tennessee. And then there's issues with this so-called net rating. NCAA evaluation tool. It replaces the RPI, which is a metric they don't own, but we're using anyway. I don't know who owns RPI. Somebody. Not sure they ever charged the NCAA to use it. I think they still publish the RPI. The ratings percentage index. Is that Ken Palm or is that somebody else? Doesn't matter. The NCAA came up with their new formula, which supposedly, if you believe ESPN's graphic on this, relies on strength of schedule, location of games, which I assume would mean they dilute neutral site wins against so-called quality opponents, margins, and efficiencies. Well, well. The net rating. Here's the problem with the net rating, and Bill has pointed it out. NC State, Clemson, Furman, Memphis, Texas all had net ratings in the 30s and the 40s, yet Minnesota, 61, 61. Arizona 63, Ohio Arizona State 63, Ohio State 55 and St. John 73 in the net ratings all got in. Explain that. Well, it's just one of our tools. We also use the eye test and we use the left leg shimmy test, which is if we stand up after sitting down around this board table for about 8 hours and our left leg just sort of when we talk about a team, they're in. It's the left leg shimmy test and the eye test, and the quality wins, and the net rating, and the strength of schedule, and their last 10, and this, and that. There's never going to be a perfect committee to put everyone in. And I'm still glad that there are slight outrages at who was left out. It means the tournament is still worth getting into. For example, you were wondering whether Belmont would get in. A lot of us were, everyone was wondering, is Belmont going to get in? Great season. 26-5, 26-5, stumbled in their conference tournament to not win it. You going to leave them out? I thought for sure they were going to get boned. No, they put them in, but they put them in at the card table. They put them in as that 11-6 first four play-in game. They cut to the Belmont players, and they went bonkers. It was almost like they were given a bye to the Final Four. They They were just happy as shit. Hey, you're at the card table game. You got to go to Dayton first. You might lose. And then you got to take on Maryland, which some people are already calling Belmont to possibly go to the second round by beating Maryland after winning in the first four. Temple's waiting. Fran dumphy is last dance, retiring after this year. Belmont's number one in the NCAA in assists, they say. Well, they share the ball, or they're afraid to take a shot. Cowards. So, I love that the tournament is still so hard to get into, that so many teams are desperate to get in and left out, that they feel genuine, crushing disappointment. That's what makes it special. You went to 128 like some fucking idiots want to? Oh, I can say that. I should point out to you that technically you could be cited for swearing at us like that. No, use that too many times, Abe. But it's new on my soundboard. I want to use it. 128 teams. Who would even watch this selection show? There'd be no point. You'd say, I'm going to bed. Just I'll wake up at 6 o'clock. You'd go to bed. You get my point. The, people would like, they'd still watch, I suppose, but it wouldn't be that big of a deal. A hundred and twenty-eight. T- Who's in the tournament? Everybody. Oh, that's great. Can't wait to watch. Here, let me get my giant Bracket. That's got two sides where I've got to fill out all the stuff. I'm, I'm bored after picking the seventh round of games, but we're finally down to the final 32. Took a while. You print the gargantuan bracket. Yeah, but it's still only 68 teams. So that's what I got. Duke, Gonzaga, Carolina, Tennessee, subject to change. Shall we go through some of the games? Duke versus NC Sten- versus the winner of NC Central, North Dakota State. They're, of course, going to roll. I can't wait to see the point spreads. Those will be on the gargantuan bracket. If you want to play a fun game, play a takeover pool in which you draft teams, but you get the points. So if you have North Carolina Central, if they come out of that play-in game, and they're 33-point dogs and they only lose by 29, you take over Duke. You now have Duke. Minus the points in their following game. It's one of the more entertaining ways to do a pool. VCU and UCF. UCF has a seven foot seven inch kid named Taco Fall. Yep, that's his name. Spelled Taco T A C K O. I believe he's from Senegal. He is as tall as Manute Ball was, but more athletic. And he is unbelievable to see in person. Also, they have this kid Aubrey Dawkins. You may remember the name. His dad Johnny, pretty good player. UCF, VCU. I like the I like the name comparison. UCF, VCU. Everybody loves Liberty as a twelve-five over Mississippi State. That's my boy Ben Howland, former UCLA Bruin head coach, took the team to back-to-back Final Fours, lost to Florida each time with uh, Westbrook and Kevin Love, coached at UC Santa Barbara when I was there, a young, aspiring play-by-play man. I'm taking Mississippi State because the whole fucking world is on liberty. Virginia Tech versus St. Louis. Justin Robertson is back for Virginia Tech. They're good. They've beaten Duke this year. I'm all over St. Louis. 13 versus 4 upset. Sorry, Seth Greenberg. It is what it is. Maryland versus the winner of Belmont-Temple. I'll take Belmont to get through, and I'll take Belmont to beat Maryland, even though that's going to be a very trendy pick. Maryland comes into this tournament looking utterly blah. LSU-Yale, 3 versus 14. How can I not take a team that's got a coach that is currently suspended for possibly buying a player? I'm not here to knock on LSU's academics, but LSU versus Yale. Interesting. LSU. In fact, I got LSU going to the Elite Eight. You know why? You always play on teams with coaches that are under a possible federal indictment for buying players. Play that team. Ride that team. They're going with their substitute coach. Whatever his name is. Yeah, that guy. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I'm just hitting buttons now. Sorry about that. Louisville, Minnesota. Juicy. Chris Mack, the new coach at Louisville in the wake of Rick Pitino's ouster, gets Rick Pitino's kid, Richard Patino at Minnesota. <laughs> this was the biggest handmade fuck you to Rick Patino the tournament has ever done. They're basically saying, "Yep," yeah, and now we're going to send a better team in Louisville. Might be underseated at seven. Your former team. We're going to send your former team to go whack your kid. In the first round. <laughs> Vicious. Cold. I like it. Michigan State. Everybody's boohoo team. They're so good. I can't believe that they're. Poor, they going to be in the Duke region. Here's a quick stat for you. Two of the last three years, Michigan State has lost to a double digit seed. And they've been out of the first weekend, or they have not been out of the first weekend. Michigan State in since 2015. Now, I know you're going to say that's a sin stat that's not 10 years, Abe. Okay, but it's a pretty good one. They were out first weekend in 2016, 2017, and 2018. So I got Minnesota, Michigan State. I'll take Michigan State to get through to the uh, Sweet 16. I got LSU beating Belmont to get through. I got Mississippi State, my boy Benny Howland, getting through to take on Duke. In the Elite eight of that region, Duke versus LSU, Duke advancing. Okay, now we go down to the west region. Gonzaga, 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 Gonzaga. Gonzaga all the way for the win, cut down the nets. I'm not scared off by the hiccup against, uh, you know, St. Mary's in their tournament. Syracuse-Baylor. Boy, I hate both teams. I hate Syracuse because of Beheim, And I hate Baylor because of their super highlighter color jerseys. I'll take Syracuse. Marquette, Murray State. I can't go against Marquette. Yes, I can. Murray State and Ja Morant. The dunking sensation. Murray State advances. Florida State, Vermont. Funny thing about Florida State, which made the N- made the ACC championship final. Chris Naki, my man, always likes to joke about, you know, yeah, Florida State was looking good, and then Leonard Hamilton got off the bus. Ha ha ha. Leonard Hamilton is still there, coaching his ass off at Florida State, which is not a basketball school. Leonard Hamilton sucked as a Wizards coach, but he's no shame in that. He's a lot of guys sucked as a Wizards coach. Got fired when Jordan was the GM of the team. He told his assistant to go. He told Wes Unseld, uh, "Yeah, go fire Leonard Hamilton, who had to buy his way out of his college contract to go to the Wizards." Man, he's been doing great. 70 years old, too, by the way. Looks good for 70. I got Florida State not only advancing past Vermont, I got them beating Murray State into the Sweet 16. Buffalo. I know nothing about Buffalo other than they're really good, says everybody. Taking on the Bobby Hurley-led Arizona State. Sun Devils, one of my safe schools, or St. John's. That's a play-in game. I'll take Buffalo not once, but twice. Give me Buffalo to the Sweet 16. Texas Tech versus Northern Kentucky, the Norse. I'll take Texas Tech. They'll lose to Buffalo. Nevada versus Florida. Wow. I'll take any team that has a player smash the glass on a fire extinguisher case like Nevada did this year. Give me Nevada over Florida, who is a 15-loss SEC team. No thanks. Michigan versus Montana. Yes, Michigan. I'll take them not once but twice. To get to the Sweet 16. Buffalo versus Michigan. I got Buffalo. I got to change this. Buffalo is a six seed in the Elite Eight. What's wrong with me? Florida State against the Zags. I got Gonzaga advancing. Gonzaga to the Final Four. Over we go to the South region. Virginia. Don't blow it. Tony Bennett versus non-15 or 16 seeds is four and five. And in four of those games, they scored less than 60 points. Last year, the experts, the pundits, said, don't just say Virginia is a slowdown team. They can play tempo. This is not like all these other Virginia teams that were flawed. What happened? What's that? They got beat as a one seed. Oh, shit. So they're going to say that again about this year's team. This, tier, this year's team, they say, is better. I think it is better. They're not losing in the first round. In fact, Virginia by um, 79 points against Gardner-Webb. They'll cover that spread. Whatever the number is, they're covering it. Ole Miss versus Oklahoma. Trey Young ain't there no more at Oklahoma. Doing pretty well in the pros, by the way. I'll take Ole Miss in an 8-9 matchup. Wisconsin versus Oregon. The big red W against the big yellow Oh, neither team really blows my skirt up, but I got to take Wisconsin. K-State versus UC Irvine. Side note about K-State. My best platonic female friend from college, Pam McGlynn, who was Pam White in college. And I swear to God, one of my best friends in college, still talk to her intermittently now (laughs) that's a whole nother story swear to god we never hooked up but we were friends she is married to a k-state professor and so she's been bugging me all year you gotta watch my wildcats they're good you gotta watch my wildcats i've spent no time watching k-state but they are good i can't pull against her i can't pull against them i'll take k-state against a team in uc irvine that Well, I saw it twice a year at UC Santa Barbara when they were part of the Big West. Villanova lost four guys to the NBA. They lost a Furman early this year. They were not ranked for the first time since 2013. Uh Uh-oh, look at this. Suddenly they win their conference tournament. Villanova's a sixth seed. They'll beat St. Mary's. St. Mary's lucky to be there. Caught Gonzaga on an off day. And Jay Wright still looks incredibly handsome. It's ridiculous. It's unfair. Purdue versus Old Dominion. I'm taking this 14 over three upset for one reason. My man Scott Jackson, who hosts uh, periodically on the team 980, went to Old Dominion Monarch. I'll take Old Dominion. Not once, not not once, but twice. I, I got him beating Nova in the second round. I must be crazy. 14 seed. Cincinnati versus Iowa. I got no thought, no lean. I'll take Cincy. Tennessee over Colgate. Tennessee will kill them. Tennessee again. Keep mashing Tennessee, Tennessee button, Tennessee button, Tennessee button, all the way to the final four. Uh, I've got them beating UVA. Yes, I've got Tennessee beating UVA, breaking my my sister, breaking her heart, and I guess my brother because my brother went to law school at UVA. Guess you didn't get in there, huh? No, I didn't get into anything, UVA. Went to UCSB, the Harvard of the West. Uh, Old Dominion to the Sweet 16, K-State, Virginia, Tennessee, and Tennessee beaten Virginia. There we go, South Region done. Final region, Midwest. This is the blue blood region right here. I mean, look at it. You have 18 combined national championships. Three, the three winningest programs in college basketball history: Kansas, Kentucky, and North Carolina. Side note, is that the right ranking of the three programs? Let's just take the overall view, and let's take the long view. I, I should probably do a tail of the tape on this. Kentucky, I think it's Kansas won for longevity, historical significance, Dr. Naismith, Fog Allen, the whole schmear. Kentucky after that. And then North Carolina. I think North Carolina's success with Dean Smith came third in that progression. Either way, unbelievable star power bracket. But aside from North Carolina, Kansas and Kentucky are not what they usually are. Kansas lost Azabuki, they lost D'Souza to the recruiting violation. They're not what they could be or should be. They'll be better next year. Uh, Bill Self has had to kind of s- duct tape it, chicken wire it together. Uh, they're still a formidable four seed, but they're beatable. And I've got Auburn and Bruce Pearl advancing, uh, avoiding the five twelve, and I've got them beating Kansas to get to the Sweet Sixteen. I'll take Utah State because everyone's talking them up. Good passing team, they say. And they uh, got a freshman post player who's going to play in the NBA. They say, "I'll take him to beat Washington, a team that I haven't seen at all this year." Oh, and North Carolina plays Iona. I, apparently, kid on Iona took a swing and an assistant coach had to be kicked off the team this year. Whoops, hate it when that happens. That's my upper half of the bracket. I got Utah State getting through and then getting whacked by Carolina. Auburn, I got them twice and then getting whacked by Carolina. I got Carolina going to the final four. Iowa State, Ohio State, I have no opinion other than both teams shouldn't even be in there. Well, I'm sorry. Iowa State won their tournament. Excuse me. Ohio State, come on. Really? 14 win Ohio State that's been going south for a month. Houston is 31-3. and Damn. Good. Georgia State is their first opponent. They're going to whip their ass. I'll take Houston again over Iowa State. I'll take Houston again. Over who, Zabe? Oh, let me tell you. I am on the Wofford Terriers, baby. Highest ever SOCON bid at seven, a seven seed. This is one of these, if you woke up out of a coma, you'd say, wait a minute, the fuck is Wofford doing as a seven seed? Wofford, a seven seed? shoot a lot of threes too they got this kid Fletcher McGee who has shot a hundred he's made like 140 threes all he needs to do is like hit three more and he's got the record white kid idolized who else JJ Redick growing up talk to more about this with Jay tomorrow never underestimate the mad driveway deep range skills of a white kid who grew up in a nice suburban neighborhood with a basketball hoop at an odd angle, with a driveway that slanted away, that just learned how to shoot in all conditions. Shooter, 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 Fletcher McGee. Of course, some would say, hold on a second. Same Wofford team that lost to Kentucky by 25, that lost to Mississippi State by 11, Oklahoma by nine, lost to North Carolina. Not so fast, my friend. Well, I'm on Wofford, damn it. At least in my first blush. And Seton Hall, by the way, beat some good teams. Kentucky, uh, Villanova, Marquette. Then you've got Kentucky versus Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian is going to shoot a trillion threes and probably lose by 30. So be it. I got Kentucky getting out of the first round, but then I have Wofford beating Kentucky. You sure you don't want to rethink that one, Zabe? Yeah. Where's my pen? This is a first blush bracket. I will get back to that. And then I got Houston beating Wofford. Houston in the Elite Eight and losing to North Carolina. And there's my final four. Tennessee, Carolina, Zags, Duke. Zags and Carolina in the championship. Gonzaga cuts them down. And that's my story. I'm sticking to it until I get Brad Turner's gargantuan bracket and I change my mind on a lot of different things. We'll dig deeper into some of these games Tuesday and Wednesday leading up to Thursday's start of the tournament, not including the first four. If you want to get the gargantu Bracket, there's only one way to do it. you got to go sign up for my email list. Uh, don't worry, we don't bombard you. You can opt out at any time if we're annoying you. Go to Zabe.com, look in the right-hand column, you'll see gargantu Bracket, click on it, sign up, be part of the email blast, keep up to speed on things, and we'll get you that gargantu Bracket hopefully by noon, Monday, today, where you're listening to this. You're done with the stupid bracket everyone goes through the bracket it's so tedious well I hope I hope I made it a little bit less than tedious I will uh, talk about the selection shows and the analysis shows including ESPN right now We'll end on this today and tomorrow we'll have my man Jayco he's going to do Jay is going to do with me an entire bracket of worst Wives and girlfriends in movies, television, music, sports. Worst. So in other words, the worst a wife or girlfriend is, for whatever reason, they get seeded number one. I said if Lisa Lopes, who burned down Andre Risen's house, is not a one seed, then you and I aren't friends anymore. We'll see what the brackets say tomorrow. And then we'll have Andy Pollan on Wednesday. Thursday is still TBA, and Mr. X will join us on Friday once the games are already underway. And we'll be one week from our Zabe Vegas live cast at the MGM Grand in the Level Up area with the Papa Shot Tournament to, ch- to crown the Papa Shot Champion of Zabe Vegas 2019. One week from Thursday. God, I can't wait. Thank you for everybody who signed up, and if you missed out this year, Hopefully next year we'll expand the field, make it bigger and better. So the ESPN guys do a good job. At times, Billis wears on me because Billis has to be the caped-up, woke crusader for paying the players. He's obviously very smart. He knows his basketball, and he's good on TV. So I got no problem with him, even though he wears me out at times. Reese Davis is solid. Very solid. Uh, Jay Williams is fine, even though he was completely hypocritical about tripping players because he blew a gasket when it came to Zion getting tripped briefly. And then his previous comments to TMZ about, well, Grayson Allen, you know, if you're going to trip people, fine. Be the bad guy. I don't care. Oh, really? And Seth Greenberg can be a bit annoying, but fine, whatever. They do a good job. Here's what I don't get. So I'm watching. And the ESPN analysts are going through the teams, and I'm noticing a lot of phrases keep coming up. You've done a heck of a job there, Coach X. And this kid, Kid Y, can flat out shoot. This team likes to defend you and space you out. They can really get after it. They've had a real good season, one heck of a season down there. And they rattle off a lot of names. And I just wonder, do they know that most of us don't know all these players? We're not in the studio every night. We're not a former coach that is traveling the country watching game after game after game after game. What percentage of people listening know all these names that you're rattling off? Well, what are you saying, Zabe? They shouldn't be specific about the names of the players? No. But they should slow down and just give us one or two guys because they rattle off these names as if they're trying to impress each other or trying to prove to somebody, hey, I've been watching college basketball. Look at all these random jabronis nobody else knows and how quickly I can rattle them off. Give me one or two guys and focus on them and throw some highlights in there. You don't need to rattle through stuff so quickly. John Calipari was classic again last night. He has got this down. It's hard not to like Calipari unless you are a fan of a program that clashes with him directly in the SEC or, if you're, say, Louisville. Calipari is just so damn funny. He's got his satin white U.K. pullover quarter zip, which has the gold U.K. logo. It it's like an alternate swagified University of Kentucky pullover in Chanel gold. <laughs> He's wearing it, and they bump to him. They they do a bump shot as they're going out to break to introduce. Coming up next, John Callipari joins. John Calipari joins us. Is it Calipari or Calipari? I think it's Perry. Galdi used to get on us bad about this, being the fellow paisan. I don't think it's Calipari because that rhymes with the fried squid calamari. It's Calipari. But whatever. They say, coming up, John Calipari will join us to talk Kentucky basketball on Bracketology on ESPN as they're bumping out to break Coach Cal is sitting there looking into the camera and one eye starts to wink almost. It one eye starts to narrow in this cocky, confident hey. hey that's right, Coach Cal. Kentucky. And behind him he's got all these framed jerseys of former Kentucky players who are now banking millions in the NBA. I gotta say, I don't blame him. Perfect marketing opportunity. And and Calipari actually said some interesting things. He said, "Look, the summers are so short now. I don't even coach defense until the season begins at the earliest, and so therefore, we oftentimes aren't very good defensively early on." He mentioned how they got. Dribble penetrated like 36 times against some low level Jamoke program earlier this year. He said, Now his guys are finally learning how to play defense a little bit better and they're getting confidence. And because of that, they play a whole lot different. He said that after they lost in the big, you know, in the uh, SEC tournament, he said he looked at the stats and he's like, I don't even know how we lost. I thought we did great. I don't even care. I said, fine, I'm not even going to watch these these games because I liked how our guys played. He puts the best spin on things I've ever seen. He's not respected as a great X and O coach. He is not a guy that you're like, well, it's a tight game, but don't worry, Coach Cal is going to figure something out. But Manny can recruit, and he leverages the whole pipeline to the NBA like nobody else. Last ad on the coverage last night. It's interesting to see Dick Vitale these days. He's been relegated to the B tier of games. Billis now does all the best games, the top games at ESPN, which he should, by the way, because he's better and has been for some time. And I'm not sure Vitale's over it. Even though Vitale just got a new contract recently, when all the other dinosaurs at ESPN have been sent out to the museum including Chris Berman, for the most part, except for a few. Why, Tommy, I'm coming back for primetime. Just one week. Vital seems to still be a bit bitter over it, and every year Vital bangs the drum for more mid-majors, more, quote, little guys, and he bitched again this year with his stat that only two little guys got bids out of 36 at-large berths. In the past, there have been very acerbic exchanges between Vital and Billis to the point where it was kind of uncomfortable where I wanted to say okay I know you're right Billis but stop being a lawyer and stop being an asshole and just go easy on the one-eyed bald dude who's 70 years old but that said this year when Vitale went on his rant again as if he was saying oh well Furman should have got in and UNC Greensboro should have got in Billis's take was I think appropriate he said look People think different. People have different ideas as to what the tournament is supposed to be. Is it supposed to be the best teams in the country, the top 64? Or is it supposed to have that Cinderella, Cinderella element so at least one team has been plucked from every conference from around the country? Or is it some hybrid of the two? I think the answer is it's obviously a hybrid of the two because there's a lot of at-large berths. Once upon a time... You had to win your conference to get into the tournament, and that was deemed properly insane. But you wouldn't want to cut out all the low-level conference winners because you need those as the grist for the bracket mill. You need those 16 seeds to serve as easy virtual buys for the one seeds as warm-up games, as games to be able to go, all right, well, let's work on some things, get our legs. This is why you work hard to be a one seed. You're going to get fed a North Dakota State that's got no chance or a UMBC that's got no – wait a minute. Never mind. So I'm more in the camp of, yeah, more qualified mid-majors should get in over 15 loss Ohio State teams or – I don't know if they lost 15, or I think Florida lost 15. Like, I'd leave Florida and Ohio State the fuck out, and I would put in a UNC Greensboro and a Furman or someone else that's a a, a mid-major type of school. But you can't, you can't just make a tournament of the best 64 because then you would have one seeds losing, I don't want to say all the time, they'd be losing a lot in a neutral site game against a team that is ranked 64th, 63rd, or 62nd in the country. Those teams are much more on the level than, say, a conference winner that is probably in the low 200s in your Sagarin or Ken Palm rankings. But kudos to Billis this year for not completely body-bagging Dick Vitale and calling him a blithering old one-eyed idiot on TV. And I like Dick Vitale, I really do. I'm fine with Dick Vitale. I'm not sure he's over the fact, though, that Billis has replaced him on the games and that Billis is in studio. And I don't know. Maybe Vitale's fine with it. Who knows? But that, those are my thoughts from the broadcast. That will do it for me today. I've rambled on long enough. Hope your brackets are filled out, ripped up, changed. Don't forget, subscribe. Uh, sign up for the newsletter or the email blast, and you'll get the Gargantua Bracket at noon today on a Monday. And, of course, tell a couple friends about the ZabeCast. I appreciate the word of mouth. Now get on out there. Enjoy your Monday. Get ready for the big storm coming Thursday and Friday of basketball, and we will see you tomorrow. Oh, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh blood upsets in the month of March. The 12-5 stunners. The 11-over-6 buzzer beaters. But most of the time, what do you get for that? A dash of I told you so at the water cooler. Oh, look at my bracket. I nailed that one. Great. Wouldn't you rather get paid instead? At mybookie.ag, you can and you will. The 12-5 upset when betting with my bookie is a take your girl out to steak dinner winner winner and right now when you sign up for an account my bookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus here just have 50% more why not use promo code zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo at mybookie.ag to activate we're all going to be in office pools and that's fine nobody's going to get the perfect bracket we know that but you can make a killing at tournament time by seeing the big mistake coming and pouncing So let's go, people. MyBookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus. Use promo code ZABE to activate the offer. You play, you win, you get paid. Only at MyBookie.ag.